We've all heard stories about how artificial intelligence isn't what it's cracked up to be. Instances where chat GPT hallucinates and just makes stuff up. And then there are darker worries about employees or organizations using AI to lie, cheat, or even steal. Some people are thinking maybe it's best to let the AI craze pass. AI guru Christian DeRosier says, get over that. It's the future, like it's coming. This is kind of like saying like, we're not gonna use personal computers or cell phones. Hi, I'm Irene Silber with the Vanguard Network. Christian DeRosier is co-founder of Visceral, which he describes as an AI teammate platform for business. Most of them involving market research and business intelligence. He spoke at a Vanguard forum for general counsels. The GCs in the room are all wrestling with the legal implications of how their organizations are going to handle AI. The moderator of this session was the Vanguard Network's founder and president, Ken Banta. Here are some of the highlights. Maybe just to level set everyone, including me, um, what is really, what is AI and how do you distinguish it in layman's terms from just a really fancy Google or Bing? What, I mean, AI, machine learning has been around for a while. Um, it's kind of a general term for a lot of things. What is mostly being called AI now in the media and what's caught everyone's eye is large language models. Um, that's what ChatGPT is and all these other things that are in the news. Um, in a heavily simplified format, they're kind of like super advanced, like autocompletes. Um, which like kind of give the impression of like comprehension is kind of like the HAL 2001 Space Odyssey moment where it feels like I'm talking to a computer that can kind of understand things. Uh, but kind of what's, what, what large language models are, which is what's being kind of discussed hotly in the media, uh, are you can think of them like super advanced autocomplete algorithms. Is this uh, really a transformative technology? I mean, what is it going to do to the world of work? Uh, is it like as important as the automobile or the telephone, or is it simply a kind of a step up from something that exists? So my personal belief is this is kind of as significant as the advent of the personal computer. Um, some people even say like the kind of industrial revolution. It is. It's not trivial, and we're in the early innings uh, of. AI, I think we're going to see a, like a massive acceleration because uh, some of the developments have compounding effects. And what about um, the difference between what we see today in the public, which is ChatGPT, it's this kind of available to everyone resource. Is that what it is, is and is going to be, or is AI actually going to become something that's customized to businesses, that's proprietary? How is it going to evolve? I think the future of AI is kind of heavily verticalized uh, business applications um, to the extent like what's being discussed are called large language models. Uh, I think the future you could call like small language models or sometimes some people have called them personal language models. Uh, so like kind of heavily focused uh, specialized language models for particular tasks. Yeah, so a good example of this is Bloomberg, the financial technology company. They released Bloomberg GPT, uh, which is a language model just trained on like the stuff Bloomberg knows. 
Um, that's a kind of great example of a, I mean, that's still a big, a medium language model, but it's not the entire internet. I think a lot depends on kind of like really specializing the user interface and like kind of ancillary features uh, around it. And I think you're going to see, and I mean, this is our bet with our company uh, that there's going to be like a massive market for uh, just like really specialized software uh, that is kind of has an small language models as an important component, but then uh, kind of a lot of other features around. So uh, I can imagine lots of uh, risk scenarios emerging in little bubbles here. But um, what about first the opportunity side? Uh, if you're thinking of this as a general counsel with the legal department, a lot of other things, relations with the board, with the CEO, are there things that jump to mind as uh, the opportunity side of, uh, of, of this, of AI? Uh, in, is it to speed up uh, research process? Is it to draft uh, documents so you don't need as many people doing that or paying outside firms to do those things? What, where, where do you sort of naturally gravitate in terms of how this could be positively utilized? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the easy things are, uh, and we have some applications like this too, uh, like there's a whole world of like work that like never touches the outside world where it's like organizing things you already know, making reports for internal consumption. Uh, I think generally tasks that are effectively like research and summarization or analysis are like really prime candidates uh, for automation with language models. Uh, it's really like the ability to kind of understand, in quotes, uh, and provide structure and summary to like kind of large bodies of information is like, that's one of the main kind of innovations here. Let's say you have a particular type of, you need a daily report on like everything that happened in whatever, the industrial sector, um, in the M&A and industrials. Um, and you might kind of cobble that news together for yourself with like Google News Alerts. You might have someone on your staff that like does this kind of report. You might have some consultant. You could have like an AI teammate that just like provides with way broader scope and also in an interactive way uh, where it could kind of be like, this thing happened and you can be like, tell me more about that and it will tell you more about that. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. Anything, any job that is kind of summarization and research is like really prime candidate. So I'll give you a really specific example of something that we built. Uh, so we built a kind of qualitative research agent uh, where you can say, um, you can give it a high level objective. Like I wanna know what suburban families think about the upcoming election, or I want to know what previous Trump voters, how they're thinking about voting now. Uh, like literally a couple sentences, it connects. So it's a specialized agent that then takes those instructions. It's connected to the internet via APIs. It will go find the relevant people on the internet to talk to on Reddit. It'll find their email addresses if they've listed their email address somewhere, and then we'll actually talk to them. Um, so it's not just like reading information that happens to have been written somewhere. It will go find people, interact with them, and it's up to you whether, like, it can pretend to be a real person, it can reveal that it's an AI, uh, it can be vague about what's going on, but for the other person, they're receiving a Reddit message or an email, um, 
and somebody's just asking them some questions. Um, and that's an example of something that like, there's a lot of steps uh, and like safeguards and kind of related features in, involved in making that happen. Uh, but that's a kind of specific example of something that you might kind of historically have needed some kind of analyst on your team uh, or to hire some like consultant, uh, pay them $200,000 and they're going to go kind of compile, make a survey, go interview people, come back to you in three months with like a slide deck uh, with this in an afternoon. We just did one last week um, for a large insurance company. And in, in two hours, we got uh, kind of 60 responses, like really in-depth conversations, uh, like teasing out like how consumers thought about particular uh, decisions. We're not interested in what most people think. Uh, we want to talk to, we call them super consumers, like kind of highly engaged, highly informed, like highly opinionated people of particular types. Um, they're going to give you like strong reactions. They're kind of like living in the future in a sense. Like they don't, they don't have the preferences of the average. They like know what's coming. Uh, they're kind of, they see the emerging trends uh, and like they may or may not have ever thought about the topic. They may or may not have ever written anything about it. And so if they've never written anything about it or thought about it, it's never gonna come from ChatGPT. Uh, you can also do hypotheticals or like breaking news like something just happened, let's go talk to people. How do they feel about it? You're never gonna get that from uh, ChatGPT. And it's, I mean, this is one specific example of kind of why, it's not just kind of giving you responses. Like it needs to kind of take what you said, figure out what you're really trying to discover. It needs to figure out, okay, here's the people I think this person wants to talk to. It then needs to go on the internet and find these people. It's like kind of finding people. It's evaluating, oh, yeah, this person, not this person. Uh, it's then reaching out to them. The person responds. It needs to like contextually, like the person may say like, go away. They may respond. Uh, sometimes it happens where we message people and they say, why are you asking? Like, who are you? Um, and it says, by default, it says, like, hey, I'm doing research on this topic. Um, and there's, uh, I mean, there's inf not infinite, but many layers of granularity in, like, how to target people and talk to them uh, in an organic way that, like, achieves the research objective. It's like a huge force multiplier. Uh, so it enables, like, small teams and small companies to, like, out-compete uh, or like go toe-to-toe -to -toe with larger companies. So I think this is like a larger, if there's a specialization in the language models, there's also, I think, going to be benefits to kind of small, nimble, like specialized firms that can like kind of now like bid and go toe-to-toe -to -toe on contracts with like much more well-resourced rivals. I think that's, there's a huge opportunity. And so most of our customers are actually like small and mid-sized companies that like get it. And they're like, I want to, I'm going to seize this moment and like go toe to toe with these people, which historically I'm just like, I can never like mm -hmm. compete with them. So uh, on one hand, uh, if you want to use it as a tool, you can actually have quite a proprietary uh, regulated tool, basically, if you want to. But what about um, the issue that I think a lot of people in this room need to address, which is the way that uh, AI might be used by others in the organization outside their legal department. I mean, suppose someone in the sales force 
picks up AI and uses it to invent customers or to invent customer mm -hmm. requests or to, God knows what, I mean, the mind kind of wanders all over the place. But what, um, you know, what, should, uh, what should GCs be doing about this, if anything? Maybe they should bury their head in the sand and just wait and see. Like, the only general statement I would make is that, short-term statement, is that it's better to just start using this stuff uh, even if it's in like kind of small teams and nothing ever goes to like client facing, uh, whatever uses, my recommendation would be to like, it's the future. Like it's coming. This is kind of like saying like, we're not going to use personal computers or cell phones. Uh, like it's just uh, the future. And I think you'd be wise to just uh, kind of start engaging with it, even in experimental use cases. That was Christian DeRosier, co-founder of Visceral, speaking with Vanguard founder and principal, Ken Banta, at a forum for general counsels. Vanguard forums and podcasts like this one are just some of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.